fret not about the Florida Gators recruiting woes, and I'll tell you why. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Tuesday. It's going to be a good week for us. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and follow us on YouTube. Find my written work with Giants Country of SI.com. And check the YouTube community page. Join the Discord. We're going to have some fun in there. Like, subscribe, do all that, all that fun stuff that we talk about constantly. But now it's time to talk about the, the, the true issue with Florida Gators football right now. Um, there are a lot of people concerned about Florida Gators recruiting, and here's the thing. I get it. I do. I, I, I understand the want and the desire as a Florida Gators fan to say, well, Florida's an elite program. That, that's, that's, just, that's a fact. It is what it is. Um, that's what, I don't care how you feel about it. Florida's an elite program, an elite university, they should be recruiting better. We talk about it all the time. We go, well, Florida needs a top five class, a top 10 class. That's what they deserve. That's what they should get. And right now we're not there. Currently it's 22. Um, hold your horses. Because here's the thing. Florida, yes, an elite football program, very historic and and um, very, very, uh, I don't even know what the word would be, very titled, maybe. Maybe that's the word that I'll use for it. But here's the thing. Florida last year was the laughing stock of college football. It was bad. Um, Florida under Dan Mullen, and especially in his last year with Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators, it was bad. Now we're looking at this staff where they've changed the culture in Gainesville, which needed a change desperately. But at the same time, one of the biggest selling points besides NIL money now, one of the biggest selling points is having a proven winning program. Billy Napier has won where he's gone, but that was in the Sun Belt. This is the SEC. This is a completely different level of college football. And and I mean, look, look at Billy Napier with Louisiana. His recruiting classes, plain and simple, sucked. That, that, that is what it is. You know, they were sometimes top 100, sometimes not so much. And I get feeling a little bit upset about that. And you hear that and you go, oh my goodness, how is he going to lead Florida? He's got a lot more resources here. Obviously, that's a very important part of it. But Billy Napier did a fantastic job of developing the talent that was there for him. And that's the important part in winning games with that. They will rebound in Gainesville. That is not something to worry about. Like, And I realize you could say that with so many new coaches. We go, well, they'll be back. Like, it's different now. It's different now. It is different now with Billy Napier, and it's it's proven to be different. He's actively changed how the football team is run, and it's been significantly better. Just ask any Gator football player you can find, and they will tell you that the football program under Billy Napier is so 
exponentially better compared to what it was under Dan Mullen, thankfully. And like I said, the, the biggest selling point that you could have besides NIL money is wins. Billy Napier physically cannot have those wins. It, it's impossible. At this point, he has not coached a game, so he obviously hasn't won a game. And that, that's, for this year, that's going to be a bit of an issue. But this coming season, if things change, that's going to be fantastic for Florida because you could look at it and you go, first, it's his first year as head coach, obviously. So it's his first full recruiting cycle. He had, obviously, that transitional class. This is the first class now. It's going to be a little bit rough. But if you win some games that you're not supposed to win and you win the games you're supposed to win, you got plenty of time between the end of the season to February, early February when it's National Signing Day. You have so much time to close the gap. And Billy Napier from the end of the season to National Signing Day closed the gap. He got Kamari Wilson and he got Shamar James, which are two players that we spent so much time talking about for Florida. And especially after Shamar James decommitted from Florida the first time, we were a bit a bit, bit worried about what he could do, but he got the first IMG kid. He got Shamar James back to Gainesville. So this, this is something where it's clearly a growing program, and it's going to be something that's going to take a little while. But again, Florida was a mess last year. They were the laughing stock. It was horrible. And I want to make this point very clear, because I see a lot of Florida fans complaining about, you know, with before we got Marcus Stokes in Gainesville, it was well, they can't get a quarterback. And I was saying it's going to be difficult to get a quarterback. I understand that. It it was going to be difficult to get a quarterback. You talk about the offensive line recruiting hasn't been as good as it should have been. That's fair. Like, that's a totally valid assessment. But here's the thing. There's no reason to panic. Florida right now has the 22nd class in the nation, and it's July There is so much time for things to change. And also, Florida's currently the frontrunner for Cormani McLean, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But Florida's currently the frontrunner for Cormani McLean, which would exponentially increase the ranking for Florida. So don't fret about these things. At least wait until August. Can can you give me that? At least wait until August after all the July 23rd and the July 28th commits are made. At least wait until then and see what happens as far as if the sky is falling or whatever it might be. And we're about to talk about the remainder of my 2023 recruiting wish list. But first, a quick word from LinkedIn, because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. If you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly recommend it. I've been on the receiving end of a job from LinkedIn Jobs and loved it before I joined Locked On. Fantastic. Simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And I mean, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And for the, for the remainder of the show, we've got this segment. We're going to talk about a recruiting wish list for offense and next a recruiting wish list for defense. Uh, three players on each side of it. 
I will give my reasoning for them. Um, right now, the first one that I have, and this this isn't in order of who I'd want to get or where I'd want to get. That, that's that, that's not important. It's just offense and then defense. That's the only that's the only order we have. First up, wide receiver Aiden Money Mizell. First of all, Eugene Wilson the third is fast. Ricky Pearsall is fast. Marcus Burke is fast. Payday Douglas fast, not as fast as the others, but fast. And then Aiden Money Mizell is fast like, like he's like i am speed that's aiden myself that, that's him he's also a gator legacy his mom is a track star he runs track and florida right now i mean pretty much everybody that talks about aiden myself at this point is like well he's gonna be a gator um that might not happen i'm not i'm not gonna etch anything in stone that might not happen but right now the general consensus is that aiden myself will be a gator and that's an important part about this wish list because I'm not talking about, you know, whether or not Florida can get these guys. It's just people that I'd really like Florida to lock in as soon as possible and really like whether or not they're favored. There are players on this list that probably not favored, but it'd be really cool. Uh, Aiden Mizell is that guy adding more speed at receiver. You know, we've spoken about it with John Garcia a lot. Florida is going to continue adding receivers. We're likely going to see five or six added in this 2023 cycle. Right now, we're at three, so that number will continue to grow, and Florida will continue to put a focus on speed, and Aiden Mizell is exactly that. And I mean, also, like I said, he's a legacy guy. Like He's someone who would want to go to Florida, so adding him would be fantastic. Then, on offense, there's two more people on the list, both of them offensive tackles. And the reasoning for that is, one... You, you need offensive line help. <laughs> so you need offensive line help. Adam in five offensive linemen play every snap. Guys change from tackle to guard. They move around. They do whatever's best for them. And like I said, this is a wish list item. So offensive tackle number one on this list is Samson Okunlola. Like I said, wish list. I don't think it'll happen. Um, he's in my eyes. He's going to be a Miami Hurricane, which really sucks. Um, but that's what Miami's been doing. That's they're going to be very good at recruiting offensive linemen. That that's just they are what they are. They can do that. They're going to keep doing that, especially if they want to throw money at people. Which, by the way, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like, oh, they're throwing money at people. Like, no, I, I don't care. Like, if you throw money at people and people are like, well, I'm chasing the bag right now, then chase the bag. Do that. And I realized yesterday I had people in the comments that were like, well, then Florida needs to start throwing the bag. And here's the thing. You can't really, um, because the thing is, it's technically illegal, uh, especially in the state of Florida. It's technically illegal to even have these conversations before a player signs. So, do with that what you will. Do with that what you will. But that's where we're at in the Gator Collective. Not going to do illegal things, which is also why that on three story was complete garbage and complete malarkey. Because Gator Collective seems to be pretty um reserved in terms of like aggressively going after people that's not something that you're supposed to do it's not something they will do because if sanctions ever do come then that will rain down hard on schools like miami and texas a&m and tennessee and then all the schools that are nil heavy right now so samson Lola is someone that i would like to come to florida don't think that'll happen but is what is but he's a beast offensive tackle and i mean He's just so, uh, he, he fits 
that Billy Napier, Rob Sale, Stapleton, he fits that mold of the offensive lineman that they've been trying to add, and, and he fits it so well. So Samson Okunlola is someone that I would really love to see. In Gainesville, I don't think it'll happen, but it's something I'd like to have. And another offensive tackle who I spoke about yesterday and I will speak about today and I will probably continue to speak about until his commitment is Peyton Kirkland. Um, the board, by the way, at offensive tackle right now, it's clearing quickly. Just not obviously just from all offensive tackles, but the board of offensive tackles that are blue chip players that Florida has offers out on or that Florida has interest from, that board is thinning pretty quickly. And again, I don't think Peyton Kirkland comes to Florida. I think I think he winds up being a Michigan State kid. Um, I, I just I, I think he ends up being a Michigan State Spartan, Oklahoma Sooner, Miami Hurricane. There are three schools ahead of Florida on that on that list for me for Peyton Kirkland. But I will continue to hold out hope. <laughs> I I am a an optimistic person when we're talking about this, but I think adding Okunlola and Kirkland or either one of them gives this class a massive boost. And also, it's frustrating for me that Florida has been struggling to recruit on the offensive line because I, I understand the, the argument of you need to win games and NIL and all these things, but it seems to me, and I'm not struggling, I'm not frustrated with the offensive line staff, I'm more frustrated with the the recruits themselves as to why they're not interested in coming to Florida, why you're not looking at Rob Sale and looking at his resume or looking at Stapleton and his resume and looking at Billy Napier and looking at his resume. I don't understand why you're not looking at that resume and going, I want to play for these guys. That's what's frustrating to me. That, That offensive lineman, especially in high school coming to college, should want to play for the for people that have the resumes of Billy Napier, of, of Sale, of Stapleton, you should want to go there. Especially Sale, I think, should be hammering home. Look at Andrew Thomas. Look what happened his first year in the NFL. He allowed 57 pressures. Look what happened the year that I came in. That year he allowed, I think it was uh, 18 pressures in that entire season. Granted, he missed uh, four games, but 18 pressures in that entire season is incredibly impressive. That is, that is elite, by the way. I think that's the sixth least among, like, qualified offensive tackles in the NFL. So, like, Rob Sale should be hammering that home. And that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. We're about to look at the defensive wish list. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because if you think the Florida Gators are going to win seven or more games, like I think, then bet the over. If you think they're going to win six or less games, bet the under. Because right now at Bet Online. The Gators' win total is set at six and a half games. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using it for five, coming up on six years now, and it's I couldn't be happy with it. I love it so much. It's got so much, not just football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, table tennis, tennis, golf, darts. Um, what else does it have? It has esports and League of Legends. Solid money, by the way. Counter-Strike Go. Solid money. By the way, it has politics. You could bet on financials. You could bet on if aliens are, are going to invade and which country they're going to invade. There's everything on this website. It's just insane. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we are finishing up this recruiting wish list. We're taking a look at the defensive side of the ball now. We have three names here. 
and I want them all to be Florida Gators. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I want the Florida Gators to add these guys, obviously. And at least with these three, I think Florida is more realistic that they'll add these three as opposed to the offensive tackles that we just spoke about, Peyton Kirkland and Samson Oklahoma. First up, Cormani McLean is obviously the guy that we have to talk about. He's been the top of the wish list for Florida. He's a Lakeland kid. He's a Lakeland corner, and that's that's Gator territory right there. So he's a Lakeland kid. He is an elite, elite prospect. And when, when we talk about adding elite prospects, when we talk about blue chips, when we talk about all these things, I don't know about you guys. Like, let's, Let me know if you feel different. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for Florida to land corner one again. I'm ready for CB1 to be a Florida Gator yet again. So that's where I'm at where I want Cormani McLean to be a Florida Gator. I think at this point he will be, and that's the thing also. I don't care about uh, on three dropping him from, I believe, two to 19 after um, an underwhelming summer camp that's that just makes no sense to me um first of all summer camps if you're truly evaluating that i feel like i feel like you shouldn't put much weight in that it's very different um and i also know that they put out a prediction i forgot who it was that put the prediction out um for bama with cormani mclean and here's the thing I, I i'm blanking on his name uh, i think it was i think it was his last name simmons um if, if you're putting on three and then you're putting Bama for Cormani McLean, there's two possible outcomes for it. One, you will look very well connected and people will realize like, oh, hey, you had it first. Or two, you'll look like a dummy because when it comes down to it, and this is not me bashing him, this is me kind of bashing the prediction system um, where it's like it's like a an NFL player comp, like the NFL draft, and people want to force player comps. It's kind of like forcing uh, predictions just to force predictions and get things out there and start conversation. And I feel like that's kind of what the prediction machine does. And this Bama prediction was bad. You're either going to look well connected or look like a dummy because no one really thinks he's leaning Bama right now. Or and if you look well connected, then that's fantastic for you. But no one really thinks he's leading Bama right now. So if he doesn't go to Bama, then people are going to be like, what, "What was this guy even thinking?" So that's why I'm kind of like, "That was questionable to do." The next player, linebacker edge Malik Bryant. We've talked about we've talked about Malik Bryant for I believe it's been like six or seven months now. He was one of the first recruits that we started talking about for the 2023 class, and we're we're still doing it here. Uh, you guys know by now he's a versatile player, arguably the most versatile player in the 2023 recruiting class on the defensive side of the ball. He is just a wildly perfect fit for Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer's defensive scheme. He is that guy. Plus, I don't know. I'm, what I'm thinking about Malik Bryant possibly coming to Gainesville, I'm thinking 2023 and 2024. And in my mind, I see two stand-up edge rushers. One of them, Malik Bryant. And on the other side, you've got Chief Borders. And I'm thinking Chief Borders has experience as an off-ball linebacker, as a safety. He's done so much. Malik Bryan has experience as an off-ball linebacker, as an edge rusher. That gives you a lot of versatility. And with Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer, what they want to do is, you know, drop edge rushers into coverage, drop defensive interior defensive linemen into coverage, all that. Imagine that with two players as versatile and talented as Malik Bryant and Chief Border. So that's kind of where I'm thinking about it. Like it, it would just be ridiculously versatile. 
And then the last player is Jordan Hall. And the defensive lineman, not the player we already lost to Michigan State, but defensive lineman Jordan Hall is the last player to talk about because right now he's got four schools that people are like, oh, he's going to go to one of these schools. It's Florida in no particular order, but it's Florida, it's Florida State, it's Georgia, and it's South Carolina. And I'm looking at that and I go, well, Georgia and South Carolina are SEC schools. We want to beat them. Florida State is obviously Florida State. We want to beat them. So it's not only that you get a great ad and a blue chip defensive lineman and someone that can contribute almost immediately probably when he gets onto campus. You get that big defensive lineman from Jacksonville, so you're adding more Jacksonville to Gainesville. He's got a, a wild first step. You've got Javon Dexter probably headed to the NFL. You've got Chris McClellan on board, but you need more defensive linemen that can get that first step and, and get some pressure there. And you get to take a player away from Florida State, from Georgia, from South Carolina, and you get to walk away with that victory, and you get to bump your class, hurt theirs, make them look a little silly, get players back, or get, I guess, get a win back, a head-to-head win back over all those schools. That's one of the reasons I'm like, I want Jordan Hall. He's a great add, but also he's a great subtraction from the other recruiting classes. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, probably, talking about some Florida Gators media, or SEC media day. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage of the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida, every single day for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports at W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports and GiantsCountryofSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.